All right, everybody, welcome to episode 49 of our encyclopedic exploration, digging up the career of the greatest professional wrestling character of all time. This is Talking Taker. We appreciate you joining us for yet another round of Dead Man Talking. My name is Alex Dorio. I am one of your co-hosts, one of the creatures of the night, and I am joined, as always, by my tag team partner, my wrestling buddy, my fellow creature, Travis White, and Travis the Hearse. It's full of gas. The caskets are packed up. We got some pizza ready since we know hell doesn't have any. <laughs> so we are ready for the road trip down the highway to hell. You ready to jump in? Buckle well, up. I'm ready, man. All my caskets are packed. I'm ready to go. Exactly. Let's go, man. Leaving on a hearse. Let's go. Leaving <laughs> on the hearse to <laughs> SummerSlam 98. We're going to be discussing the main event, of course. Stone Cold Steve Austin defending the WWF Championship against The Undertaker at SummerSlam 98, the highway to hell. This is our second Was that Teddy Long? The right Teddy Long run in? Oh, yeah, The Undertaker. <laughs> the Undertaker. We had a tag team match last month. <laughs> yes, we did. Tag team match player with The Undertaker. Oh, man. This is your favorite period of wrestling right here. <laughs> and this is not our first time covering Stone Cold and Undertaker. Of course, we did one of their matches. Uh, about a year and a half ago, uh, in, in real time, uh, on uh, the show, we had Revenge of the Taker pay-per-view. Or no, Cold Day in Hell, excuse me. Uh, yes. From May 1997. And it's just crazy to think about, man, how much has changed since their last pay-per-view match. Stone Cold was just kind of beginning his ascent up to the top of the business. And you know, there's so many guys on the roster even then. You know, there was They were dealing with stuff with the Hart Foundation. And yeah. Course, you know, that has... Uh, gone in quite the different direction than things were looking there at the time. And uh, it's just, you know, Sean Cole's was there. totally different. Sean was there. Um, and Undertaker was very different. Champion. Yeah, he was champion. We hadn't met Kane yet. Nope. So uh, <laughs> a lot can change in that period of time. And in about a year on the WWF calendar, we'll cover this match again, won't we, next year? Don't they yeah, have another well, match? We've yeah. got a few more. Uh, yeah. One more this year, and then yeah, uh, we'll one be more. doing it yeah. in another iteration in 99 as well. And yeah. Then in 2001. <laughs> That's very true. These guys will be linked up for, for a long time. So, one of his most has... storied rivalries. Yeah. But um, the, this is one a lot of people remember standing out here in the Attitude Era. I remember this match specifically. Um, we can talk more about it once we get to it because I know you ordered this pay-per-view. You said on our last podcast that you actually ordered this. And I can't remember if I watched it at your house. Like, you had taped it. I came over. Or, like, if I'd rented it. I don't know. But I just remember watching it uh, and really loving this match as a 12-year-old. So we'll talk about our thoughts on it now. But, um, yeah. Yeah. yeah I, don't, I don't want to spoil too much of that. But if this is one where I think – your memory kind of plays a trick on you, at least in my book. Yeah. Uh, and, and I'll be interested to hear what you thought. We haven't talked about what we thought of it, so I'll be no. interested to hear what you thought of it. But yeah, I remembered really loving this match and this whole show. And this whole show, man. Yeah, yeah. yeah. I think I uh, had a little change of opinion, but uh, I don't know if that's <laughs> blasphemous or, or if that's okay to say, but we'll, we'll talk about it. But we want to build up the match, too, and remind you of how we got to this story. Of course, Undertaker and Stone Cold have kind of been intertwined with each other ever since Over the Edge 98 a little bit. they uh, We last left off at Fully Loaded 98 with them winning the tag team titles and Undertaker walking away with both title belts. And he's going to strut into Raw number 270 on July 27th, 98, 
still carrying both of those titles <laughs> to open up the show. Yeah, he comes out with both of them and says he tombstone Kane to hell, and now he and Stone Cold are the tag champs, and he says, uh, we may be champions, we'll never be partners unless Stone Cold comes out here and apologizes to me. Um, so, of course, he doesn't come out immediately. Vince and the Stooges come out, uh, which I'm just lumping in Slaughter with the Stooges at this point because he's one of them at this point. He's an official Stooge, I think so. Yeah. yeah. So they come out and interrupt, and Vince questions Undertaker demanding an apology. He's He cleverly brings up something that you brought up on our last podcast. He says, Conspiracy. I don't know if everyone here is gullible enough to buy that or not. I'm not. You're right. I'm not. I don't know that Austin will. Because let's think about it. How many tombstones did it take for you to put your brother away at WrestleMania? Uh, let's see. I think three. And only one last night. And so he says he's not buying that story. But um, he thinks that Taker and Kane are trying to throw people off the scent. But, um, says that he deserves an apology here and uh, says that Kane and, excuse me, Taker and Austin are going to defend their tag titles against the New Age Outlaws in the main event of Raw tonight. So, great storytelling there, honestly. I thought so, yeah. That uh, subtlety bringing up the WrestleMania finish was really, really clever and how they did that. Vince saying, yeah, I mean, that's exactly what I would do if I was in collusion with somebody and I was trying yeah. to throw people off the scent. Uh, I, would, I would fake losing that way. So, there's a li- just enough truth to that to leave a little doubt. Of course, no one wants to believe that Undertaker is really in collusion. He is, as Jim Ross keeps saying, he's the conscience of the WW- WWF. Uh, Stone Cold and, and us, we want them to be partners. We want to cheer for Undertaker, so we don't want to believe it. But there's just enough crack of a doubt in there. Yeah, which is funny because Vince will take a page out of that book in about a year from now. <laughs> so, oh, he will, yeah, <laughs> for sure. With Stephanie and all that kind. Of, we'll get into that later, but uh, yeah, it's just funny how it's you know here how it's here as well. You know, he's on the other side of it. So, really good storytelling there. Again, nowadays they don't pay much attention to that kind of crap, but I didn't think they did back then. The Attitude Era either, but apparently, I mean, this was lost on me. I forgot that 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 played a point here in this me whole storyline. Yeah, yeah. So, a really great kudos to them. They just even if it just fell in their lap, good for them for remembering it. <laughs> I did not forget this uh, main event tonight. I remember this one no. specifically: uh, <laughs> New Age Outlaws against Undertaker and Stone Cold for the titles. And we get the debut here of one of the biggest stars of the modern era. The Beach Ball comes into play oh. in this matchup, man. Uh, oh, you meant the smoking skull belt? Oh no, the Beach Ball gets tossed <laughs> into the ring, and Austin punts it. Out to the crowd, and, <laughs> yeah. which I wish some people would do nowadays, man. Yeah, like Cesaro does. Yeah, very similar to that. <laughs> oh, yeah. Stupid beach balls, man. But but yeah, the, the Smoking Skull belt makes its debut uh, on this episode of Raw as well. Austin's belt was shiny and had that black le- or that like leather rattlesnake skin behind it. I was like, this has got to be a new title. And then I had to look up. And yes, sure enough, this was the first night it was on. So uh, good stuff. Good stuff. The crowd is into it. The crowd, dude, there is, I, I swear that every Walmart in Southern California must have been sold out a poster board on this night. Dude, there are so <laughs> many signs in the crowd. It is wild. Uh, it is, man. I love seeing that. Um, and it's a pretty good match. Uh, solid main event. I'd say almost even 
at least on the same level as the match we just reviewed, that tag team match. Uh, maybe even a little bit better, I thought. But uh, the the champs work together pretty good here, Austin and Taker. Yeah. Um, Austin and Taker get the win here, and the big deal is that Austin grabs a beer after the match and tosses one to The Undertaker, and the announcers speculate maybe this is Austin's apology for doubting The Undertaker, for giving him a Stone Cold Stunner last week, and Undertaker thinks about it for a minute, and then we get the iconic image of... Taker chugging a Coors Light. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, man. And I just, in my notes, I just wrote that this is a huge, huge difference in The Undertaker from the guy we've covered this whole entire podcast we've been running, you know, 49 episodes. This is a very different guy. You know, he caught a beer and popped it and drank a cold one in the ring for some cold. Like, man, can you go back and think about the, you know, the days when he's wrestling Kama and, uh, Golly, King Kong Bunny! Imagine him doing that. Like that would not have fit at all. But but here it's just, it makes sense here though. Like because again, he's more human, you know, more realistic. We're bringing this reality stuff in, and it works, man. It's cool too to see that. Remember those PSAs where he's in the graveyard telling people not to drink and drive? <laughs> yes. <laughs> yeah. Things have changed. Yes, they have. They have. Uh, so uh, go ahead. Oh, after this is when. They plant some seeds, you know, again in the story because they're chugging this beer, and then Kane and Mankind immediately attack Austin, and uh, Taker comes out. I think he hits Mankind quickly, and then the show kind of goes off the air. Um, but that'll come into play uh, here soon. But another another something special makes its debut in a few days here, and that's Sunday Night Heat on the USA Network. Yeah, this so. is the first time we have seen another major show debuting here and it's it's easy to forget that sunday night heat was ever a major show but man the first year or so maybe even the first two years which they have thankfully added to the wwe network just in the past few months it was without without a doubt it was the b show up until smackdown yeah. came around and they paid a lot of attention to it they tried to have a lot of the major stars and and, and tried to progress the storylines on there it was not the jobber you know c show or d show yeah. that it became so it's exactly fun to see that it originally started out as just a five-week experiment uh for specifically for this build-up of summerslam to because oh, wow. wwf was so hot right now and uh about you know immediately afterward after they did the first few weeks they extended it to the long-term contract and it aired i don't know for how long maybe 10, 15 years almost? Something like that, yeah. Something like it's that, yeah. Switched well, back and forth to Into the MTV brand split and, era. Yep. Yeah. Eventually on dot .com. <laughs> oh, yeah, it was. Towards the end of the run. Oh. Stevie oh, before, like, before streaming was a big thing, too, man. Yeah. They were ahead of the curve. They man. really were. They really were. They really were. Um, so. We'll mention that briefly. There's, there's uh, you know, it, still nothing super major happens uh, on any of these Heat episodes, but there's a little bit of stuff on a couple of them. Like on the first yeah, on one. This, uh, yeah, go ahead. yeah, on this one, Cole interviews Austin about what happened Monday. And he says that he and Taker aren't friends, but they have respect. And he questions why Taker didn't help him when Kane and uh, Mankind attacked him, which I went back and rewound. K- Taker does come out and hit Mankind. So it's a little bit untrue. They're kind of rewriting history quickly here. I don't know if they re-edited <laughs> it to show Taker not coming. But he says that they're ready for their match tomorrow on Raw because – um, also on Heat, I believe Kane and Mankind lose a number one contender match to Owen and The Rock. So Owen and The Rock, the nation, are going to be the number one contenders, and they're going to fight uh, our tag team champs here on this next episode of Monday Night Raw. Yeah, it's kind of a little bit what we talked about in last week's episode. 
you've got so many storylines intermingling yeah. here. Nation, DX, Mankind, Kane, Austin, Undertaker, McMahon. It's all jumbled in there together. And that happens on this episode of Raw 271 on the network as Rock and Owen start the show calling out Austin and The Undertaker, who do come out. Once again, Undertaker still got both of the belts. Uh, and as Austin goes into the ring to face Rock and Owen, Undertaker gets distracted because Kane appears up on the stage behind him. And so Undertaker's sort of stuck in the middle, uh, staring down Undertaker, and then Mankind runs out and he attacks Undertaker. So Undertaker's distracted with them while Austin is alone in the ring getting beat up by Rock and Owen. Uh, but Austin is able to escape, give... Uh, uh, give Owen the stunner uh, and, and build up to that match. But again, just creating more tension and confusion uh, between Austin and Undertaker, continuing to blur those lines about what's going on here. Yeah, because I think Kane even says, where is Undertaker? And so they says that that was a little bit convenient. You know, how convenient for him to have disappeared suddenly. You know, so again, man, I just, I forgot how intricate the storyline was. Yes, very and much. They, yeah, it's really cool to go back and revisit here. Um, so, yeah. But that's not all for this night. There's more to come. Yeah, Vince McMahon wants to come out and revisit what happened last week <laughs> with the Coors Light incident, I guess. <laughs> Coors Light incident, I like that. <laughs> so, yeah, he's, he's out with his Stooge Brigade, and they predict a tag title switch tonight. It's going to be a roadblock on the highway to hell. They're really pushing that highway to hell thing. And unfortunately, for those of us living in 2018, we don't get to hear – the classic ACDC song on the network because it is edited out and overdubbed with a bunch of craps. <laughs> yeah, I, I want to talk about that specifically on, yeah. one, on one of these episodes. I have something yeah. to say about that. Yeah, it's very yeah. frustrating. Very frustrating. It is frustrating. So I wish they would just shell out the money to make it work. So oh, yeah. I'm, in, I'm interested when we get to like stuff. Biker Taker stuff if they're going to have that kind of stuff on the network. Yeah, I'm not once sure. We get, I have no idea. So, um, But he, again, Vince points out the coincidence of, of how last week ended and earlier tonight. Again, He's really not allowing subtlety. Yeah, he, <laughs> like we talk about, he used to shove it down our throats, everything on the podcast here. We should shove everything down our throats. And uh, he's not allowing you to you know, think about this one. He's pointing everything out to you, which is, again, good, though. But he invites Taker out to disprove his theory. You know, Come on out here and prove to me that I'm lying. I think Taker comes out, but he's carrying both belts still, I think. And then before he can talk, though, Austin comes out, kind of cuts him off. And... Uh, Goes on to explain that he's not really fond of these tag team titles. <laughs> <laughs> yep, he says he doesn't really uh, doesn't really care about them. He, his main goal, Austin's main goal, is to get the Undertaker to SummerSlam. Man, he, he, the only thing he's concerned about is the Smoking Skull Belt, and uh, so he just wants to get through whatever they have to get through with these tag team titles. And as far as last week, as far as tossing a beer to the Undertaker. Yeah, he thought the Undertaker looked thirsty, so he gave him a beer. Uh, so he wasn't reading anything more into that than it was. Uh, but Undertaker has a little bit more to say back to Austin here. Uh, he tells him uh, Austin tries to leave, but Undertaker stops him, says, But I want you to come back in this ring and take what is yours. So finally, Undertaker hands Austin his tag team title belt. Vince uh, is not too happy. 
he's not happy about this um, gesture of trust here. Vince is livid about all this. But uh, Undertaker stops and says, there's one more thing I need to say, and that's that whether you like it or not, between now and SummerSlam, Austin, you're going to be the safest SOB in the World Wrestling Federation. But when we get to SummerSlam, I'm going to take what's rightfully mine, the WWF title. So Undertaker is going to work with Austin as much as it takes to make sure Austin's got the belt and is ready to go for SummerSlam because then he wants to take it from him. Right, which is kind of a, you know, he's, some people would would beat up their opponent the whole time on the way to the SummerSlam and then, you know, weaken them until they get there. But Undertaker, he's respectable, respectable kind, sir, that he is. You know, he wants him to be 100% when he gets there. He's going to keep Austin safe till he gets there and then beat him up himself, I guess. So, which that'll come into play later on here, too, as we build the rest of this. So, um, Thank you for calling just, it the SummerSlam. Oh, absolutely. Uh, Bret Hart might be gone, but I'm going to call it the SummerSlam. Always. <laughs> yeah. Um, but that brings us to the main event of this night. We're against Rock and Owen versus Undertaker and Austin. And I just wrote in my notes, man, that Rock and Owen are awesome heels, man. They They're are. so good. They're so good. And the crowd just – Steve Austin has the crowd eating out of the palm of his hand, man. He can do anything, and they are just there. But um, I think uh, – Near the end here, Taker gets a hot tag and he annihilates the nation. And uh, Austin's battling Rock against the pin. And then Mankind, I have no idea where he was, but he immediately comes in the ring, Mankind, and he grabs a mandible claw on uh, Undertaker. Um, so then Kane comes in, swings a chair at Taker, who ducks, and Kane hits Mankind with the chair. And of course, the big story there is who's he aiming for? Mm-hmm. Exactly. And then. Yeah, so Taker snatches that chair back and nails Mankind with it as well. So, Mankind yeah. is sort of stuck in the middle here between Kane and Mankind. Keeps getting hit with the chair. Uh, everyone just starts fighting in the ring. Uh, the New Age Outlaws come out and become a part of this brawl. Austin stuns Road Dog to end the show. It's just an- another chaotic <laughs> ending. Kind of what we're I feel about. like Road Dog keeps eating all these stones and tombstones and jokes. <laughs> He's a he's a bumper and a feeder, man. So yeah, I guess Vince. You know, everybody's one claim that Vince the puppet master, and he's pulling the, somebody's pulling the strings here and stuff. But uh, we don't really know about that. But speaking of puppets, King has something <laughs> to say about puppets here, doesn't he? He has a weird line on commentary. This may not be a good night for Vince McMahon. It hasn't been a good week for puppet people. With, with Buffalo Bob and Howdy Doody passed away, and then today Sherry Lewis dying. Vince McMahon's hopes could go up in smoke right here tonight if The Undertaker and Stone Cold are victorious. What will he do then? Back to the drawing board. <laughs> we, we praise a lot of Jerry Lawler lines, but sometimes he's stretching. <laughs> oh, yeah. That was a reach. That uh, was a reach. That was a bit of a reach. But uh, one other thing I want to say about this match is it's pretty cool because we had in one match, we had the WWF champion, the tag team champions and the Intercontinental champion with the yeah. Rock in this match. So that's a pretty dang stacked TV main event. All three of your belts all in one matchup here. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Because we're not going to consider the European championship worth anything. I it's not worth the leather. It. It's, yeah, it's not worth the leather it's, it's on. Sorry, so, D'Lo. Uh, I don't even know who has it. Oh, D'Lo. Yeah. yeah. So, but yeah, man, this match is stacked with star power and championship material. And that is. That's that's actually the sub main event because how does this show actually go off the air? Yeah, I will never forget watching this as a, I remember turning over or watching because I guess Nitro was already off the air. I was watching this, watching this match, and then it goes off the screen uh, with Val Venus's naked butt. <laughs> Unfortunately, <laughs> this is the most famous five words in Raw history. 
<laughs> choppy, choppy, <laughs> your pee-pee. This is this episode of Raw. And let's move on to Heat, episode number two. The fact that we're moving on to episode of Heat says a lot. My God. Uh, yeah, this this one has uh, Mankind and Kane and Paul Bear opening the show. And Mankind is kind of a disturbingly accurate promo here, dude. Yeah. It's depressing. Creepy. Yeah. He talks about, uh, he goes back to King of the Ring to the Hell in a Cell match. He says that Undertaker couldn't kill him at Hell in a Cell. And he, he kind of shoots here, May, saying, you know, only I looked out in the crowd after that match and I only saw about 200 people cheering me after the match. Uh, everyone else was cheering the Undertaker and no one realized that what they were actually witnessing in me was the toughest SOB in the world. Uh, and so he s- vows. So two things became very clear. One, I will not and I cannot wrestle ever again for the acceptance of the fans. And number two, my career will never end in a blaze of glory. It won't be Cactus Jack off the ramp in a dumpster. It won't be mankind crashing through a table from 16 feet in the air. The sad fact is... I will slowly lose all of my bodily functions, and nobody will give a damn. Dude, this is 1998. <laughs> Mick Foley talking, and dude, that's scary because that's pretty much what happens, man. It's sad to hear him predicting that. Yeah, it is. He even uh, talks about being on a ride with, um, is this the one we talked about yeah. being on the ride with his daughter, with Noelle? Yeah, she's yeah, like four years Santa, old and Santa kisses World his cheek. Whatever. Yeah, Santa's Village or something. So, yeah, it's weird because he's prophesying his own demise <laughs> in the professional wrestling. Uh, of course, if he said, I came out of retirement 41 times and wrestled for a paycheck <laughs> at TNA, then he didn't say that. But he's no, he didn't talk pretty, about that. Pretty spot on, which is very reminiscent of his promos back in ECW it as was, well, you know, sure. when he turned for on sure. the fans. So, really cool. <laughs> and then he says he's going to, he doesn't care that Undertaker's family is going to defeat him tonight, basically. He's challenging Taker to a match on Heat. And then he comes out at the end of the night with what Shane McMahon on commentary calls an industrial strength ice scraper. <laughs> what does that mean? It looks like an axe to me. I, I don't know why they didn't want to say that. It's just Shane McMahon. Shane McMahon, by the way, is on commentary for these episodes. Yeah. That he, this is our first. This is his show. Yeah, this is the debut of Shane McMahon, and he's stealing the Godfather's gimmick. He's got a couple of hoes <laughs> next to him on commentary. Yeah. It's, uh, it's rough. It good. is, man. But I don't know about you, but I've never had any industrial strength ice outside. I just have ice. <laughs> but if you got that industrial know, strength ice, you need industrial strength ice scraper. We've so. had some ice storms here the past few years. I could maybe could have used yeah. that. Um, so yeah. Anyway, Bear and Kane come out with him, and uh, Mankind's on the apron, and he grabs a mic and says he's going to tear the Undertaker apart. And then Kane, quote unquote, shoves him off the apron and through a ringside table. Which splinters in half, and yeah. uh, again, a bump he should not be taking. Yeah. Um, and then Kane, quote unquote, punches Paul Bear, attacks Mankind with the steps, keeps hitting that injured arm that's just dangling too. It makes me uncomfortable to watch his stuff. And uh, commentary says this proves a collusion. And then of course Kane's mask comes off, reveal he's the Undertaker once again. They must have had a two for one sale at Sears on the Kane suits, <laughs> dude. Got another one. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> Oh, uh, craftsman, craftsman work. Here. 
Craftsman. <laughs> craftsmanship. And when they have craftsman tools at Sears, they used to. <laughs> yeah. Back in this day, they did. No, you so. good. I got you. Yeah. yeah. I followed. <laughs> so, um, but uh, <laughs> what's the point in taking off the mask? I'm not sure. I, you know, this. it's cool. Uh, it, it's exciting. It's a fun spot. But, yeah, it, I'm not sure if it's super thought out. I, I, I would feel like they would want to hide that fact that they're right. working together. But uh, I don't know. Maybe they weren't paying as much attention to the details as we give them credit for. But uh, that's going to lead into the next week on Raw – or the next night, excuse me, on yeah. August – August 10th, 98. 10th. Okay. Raw 272. Yeah. Yep. Uh, yeah, and now we're seeing like some cold opens on Raw. Yeah, like, before even the little signature rolls at the beginning, we see mankind in the boiler room. He's just ranting and raving, throwing <laughs> things around, <laughs> screaming, "I can handle the truth! I can handle the truth! The truth will set me free." He is demanding. He's going to find out what's going on between Undertaker and Kane. So he comes out to the ring after the credits roll. Says he's tired of being lied to, tired of being deceived, and he asks for the one person who's ever told him the truth <laughs> to come out, Mr. McMahon. Yeah, I love that. Yeah. That's his only guy that's ever shot straight with him. That's great. Which is kind of, it's true, by the whole yeah. dude love stuff last year and everything. I mean, it yep. makes sense. So it's just funny, and especially, you know, knowing where their relationship will go uh, in real life as well. <laughs> like, so, um, uh, yeah, so Vince comes out, he says, he did, I detest people like you who need help. So, um, you know, Basically, anybody who needs help from somebody, Vince hates. So he tells man. The long and short of it is basically he tells mankind that Kane hit him last week on purpose. Taker chose not to hit Kane, but hit mankind instead. And he said it might as well have been Kane himself last night on Heat because they're in collusion against the entire WWF roster. Which I don't. He just brings everybody into the story at this point. So, <laughs> um, and at this point, I think that Kane and Paul Bear come out, and uh, Paul Bear says he won't let Vince poison his son's mind. You're not going to poison Kane's mind. And he says that he and Kane could just hit the road right now, and we could be fine. We've been here seven years, and I can hit the road right now. And the crowd pops for that when yeah. he says he's going to leave. They're like, woo! Kane, WCW. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Oh, But he says he's been here seven years, which he's been here more than that, hasn't he? I guess. Uh, I don't know. Maybe not. Yeah, it's been our eight years. Technically, yeah. I guess a uh, little under eight, but yeah, he yeah, says, yeah. Uh, he tells Vince McMahon for once you're gonna listen to the fat man. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> but Vince McMahon's not having any of it, dude. He says the truth is that's not your son. Talking about Kane, he says the truth is that's a son of a. Well, yep, <laughs> you know. Uh, <laughs> he says that's the Undertaker under that mask. I can smell the stench of death on your breath. <laughs> <laughs> What's <is> that about? <laughs> Apparently, Undertaker has bad breath. Halitosis, dude. I guess. He uh, oh. tries to rip Kane's mask off, but then the lights go out for a long time, and the lights come back on. Kane's not there. Instead, Undertaker is choking Vince Man. So yeah. Undertaker be- beats up Vince, beats up Paul Bearer, and we have no idea what happened to Kane. He disappeared, and I thought I missed something watching this. I was like, "What? What happened to?" But that's part of the story. Yeah, I got I got worked, man. I got worked like a mark when I was watching this over over again. So they had me again. They're trying to work everybody. They because we see backstage, we see Undertaker walking into a locker room a little bit later on, and there's just you see out of the corner of your eye someone in red in the background, and Jr. is like, "That's Kane. That's got to be Kane. It's Kane standing there. Taker and Kane apparently." It's sitting in the same locker room conversing with each other. So the mystery deepens. 
Yeah. So it's getting very interesting, man. I just, you know, it's very soap opera-ish. You know, we keep saying it's a lot of soap opera at this point in the, in the uh, World Wrestling Federation. And, I, I mean, I'm digging it. I know it's kind of convoluted mm-hmm. and stuff, but I'm still digging it. It's not really building up to Austin and Taker right now, but that we'll get there. We'll get there. Um, so later, I just I do I do remember this episode of Raw. I'll never forget this episode of Raw either because this was on the old DX split. <laughs> if you know what I'm saying, I'll never. I got we, you. we watched this at a buddy of our house, Jonathan, and uh, I was I remember he and I were watching this part over and over again. <laughs> he had taped it, so yeah, I remember the DX split there in the middle. They, you know, they were they were trying to work everybody too, like were they, they going to split up or not, and you know so. Anyway, but later on in this night, again, Cole, our great investigative journalist, Michael Cole, he tries to get some words from the World Heavy, excuse me, World Wrestling Federation champion Steve Austin, and Austin just throws him in the shower. <laughs> so good. That was a real highlight for me. I enjoyed <laughs> yeah. that. I wish someone would do that today. Exactly. <laughs> just throw Cole in the shower, <laughs> and he tries to interview Taker later, and he's still wet. So I love that. Michael's <laughs> clothes are still wet. He's interviewing Taker, and Taker's like, I'll do my explaining in the ring. So, because the ring, they're going to the ring because there's a Four Corners tag title match as our main event. So, yeah, it it's, is um, stacked. Austin yeah. and Taker defending the titles against Kane and Mankind, Rock and Owen, and the New Age Outlaws. Uh, not Rock and Owen, actually. It's supposed to be Rock and Owen, but Owen gets attacked by Ken Shamrock before the match. So now it becomes Rock and D'Lo. But yeah. Right. So, again, another storyline of Owen and Shamrock is mm. getting involved in this, like, all the storylines just interweave and intertwine. It's so cool, man. It is and, cool. And uh, one of the things they point out in commentary is that the partners can't pin each other, which I was like, well, duh. But if you remember back, that's how the New Age Outlaws defended their titles a few months ago. Exactly. They had a match just like this, and they pinned each other. So They called I thought it the were... outlaw rule. Exactly. So um, they, you know, partners can't pin each other, and this match takes up probably the last half hour of Raw here. Man, um, and you know what was great, too? is that JR makes sure to mention when the match starts that all of our commercial obligations have been fulfilled for the night and we're going to see this match in its entirety. And dude, that's just old school. I mean, yeah. That's it, unheard of nowadays watching Raw where you get a commercial break a minute into the match and then five minutes later somebody does a suicide, sti- suicide dive and we have another commercial break. And yeah. it's just uh, it's brutal, dude. And, but this match, we see all of it. Make sure you get all the commercials out of the way. It's so cool. I wish they did stuff like that more often. Oh, yeah, absolutely. So if you're going to watch this episode of Raw, you can skip everything in between the opening, the DX split, and this main event because everything else is wrestle crap. Honestly. Oh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it's awful. You got the Val Venus, John Wayne Bobbitt, I think, are on here. Um, Dude, three, yeah. here are three segments in a row on this show. <laughs> we see Godfather... Getting out of a match with Vader by offering him the hose. Yikes. Dustin Runnels as a televangelist. Yikes. Val Venus and John Wayne Bobbitt doing a promo together. The guy who got yeah. his, his willy chopped, chopped off. Yeah. yeah. And then the brawl for all. Oh, <laughs> three, man. Three segments in a row, man. There's some great stuff on these episodes of Raw, and there's some flaming hot garbage also. <laughs> yeah, yeah. So, woo. Woo. transitioning from all that crap is this main event, which is, again, it's a pretty fun match. You know, anytime you get this many people, this many stars in a ring, too. I mean, every single guy in this match is a Hall of Famer, or will be, you know, honestly. So, um, oh, he'll be in there. You know, Coco will be where's there, dude. He will be there, I'm telling you. D'Lo will be there. I will eat so. my hat if D'Lo Brown ever goes in the <laughs> Hall right. of Fame. All right. 
get put some hot sauce on it, dude. He's going. He's going. But um, eventually, um, Austin and Taker both get tagged in, but they don't attack each other. The finish sees almost everyone brawling in the ring, just like all these matches break down to. But then Kane tags himself in against Undertaker, and he choke slams him, gets a pin, you know, one, two, three pin, and wins the tag titles for himself and for Mankind. But as soon as he pins Undertaker, Undertaker sits up and looks at Stone Cold. Um, so very easy, you know, obviously he wasn't down for the count, but he just stayed, he laid down. So there's more commentary speculation about it. Like, well, he doesn't look injured, he doesn't look hurt, but, you know, that was a quick pin fall for Kane. So, you know, still building that tension, that story there, um, which I appreciate. Yeah, I do too. And now that they have lost the tag team titles, the focus is going to shift to Austin and Undertaker just being yes. one-on-one against each other. Uh, that's what we see a little bit of on Sunday Night Heat, Episode 3. Uh, there's not too much to mention no. here. Undertaker cuts a promo that they build up uh, for the main event of the show, basically just reiterating that, just kind of saying, um, I don't need to worry about protecting you anymore because we don't have the tag titles. Um, yeah. Uh, now... Um, the now you've pissed me off, Austin. So you've already got one foot in the grave, and I'm gonna take you, put you, bury you all the way here on the highway to hell. Um, Austin tries to come out to face him, but Kane interrupts, and that's how Heat goes off the air. So just a little something there, uh, not too much. But here's where things really kick into gear. We start going full speed on the highway to hell. We got two episodes of Raw left going into that. Raw number 273 on the network uh, on August 17th, 1998. And here's what I want to talk about. You mentioned earlier about music. It, the lack of the correct music on this episode of Raw ruins this episode of Raw. Yes. Dude, it is so frustrating. I remember this Raw so vividly. I was so looking forward to getting to it. We see another cold open here. Stone Cold banging on Vincent Man's door uh, of his office, trying to get him to come out. (laughs) And then we see, as the credits roll, we see a hearse backing into the arena. And then Stone Cold gets out of the driver's seat. What what originally aired here was when Stone Cold got out of the driver's seat, they queued up ACDC, Highway to Hell. It started blaring in the arena, which is still... That's one of my favorite rock songs of all time, man. Just a classic riff, classic song. And it's just so, it was so iconic here in this build-up to this match. There's a great commercial music video yeah. that they made with that song. Uh, the, the poster for this pay-per-view was awesome. It's just tied yeah. into this Highway to Hell theme. Apparently ACDC is Vince's favorite rock band of that, all time. Chris Jericho always says that, yeah. He yeah. says that he and Vince love ACDC. And so. it, it was so cool for this. Instead, we get dubbed over with Austin's music coming in, and they cut out this whole chunk of this beginning of this episode where Austin pulls a casket from out of the hearse that's full of beer and chugs a beer on top of the hearse and then heads to the ring, and we don't see any of that. Okay, I was I was thinking I was crazy because like I didn't know if – because sometimes my network will skip. I mean, if I'm watching on my TV, it will skip ahead and stuff like that. And so I kept rewinding it because I, I knew that happened. I knew he pulled the casket out, pulled the beers out, but none of that was on the network version. So no. it wasn't just me. It was not – okay. I know, I'm not, I know it wasn't crazy because I remember all that happening. So Me too. It's yeah, it's just, crazy. It sucks. And, like, pay for the rights to this music because it... I know. I mean, people watching this that didn't watch it originally have no idea. And it just looks... It, it just looks 
lame without that stuff. Um, you know, music's so pivotal in this. Uh, something I was going to say earlier is we've seen the oddities a lot on these episodes of Raw, and they yeah. don't have their music either, that ICP music, and they have some what? awful music dubbed in, just goofy carnival music. And I'm not trying oh. to say the oddities were anything great, but... But and, their music made them. Exactly. And I'm not an ICP fan by any means, no. but that music <laughs> was great. And that made their entrance, and that was pretty much all they were. So you take that away, and they look terrible coming oh, out man. there dancing to this terrible fake music. And this, uh, it's going to happen again later in the show and totally ruin yeah. an awesome moment, too. So, <laughs> Yep. Oh, man. Yeah, they, it does suck they can't edit that stuff back in or get the rights, so... Um, but yeah, like you said, Austin comes out here and, um, he says that, uh, he, he calls out Vince basically. And after we've skipped over the whole him chugging beers and stuff out of the, uh, casket, uh, Stu just come out and Vince comes out and he says, um, <laughs> Austin says, Wancho kisses blankety blank when he's been over, which I just, you know, he just made that up right exactly. there. That was not scripted. Vince just game the stink it. guy right there. Too. <laughs> yeah, it's, I love it. None of this crap is Austin is scripted. No. Man, so it's great. But um, he says he doesn't trust anybody or doesn't depend on anybody. Um, he says he'll pull his foot out of the grave and stick it straight up, you know what, Undertaker. And um, he's going to stuff him in the hearse and he'll stuff Vince in there as well and take them both down the highway to hell. So. I guess he's got a double deep double wide casket back there. He must have put all of them in there. <laughs> yeah. So well, then uh, fast forward to the end of this show. Uh, Undertaker's music plays. The lights go out. Everyone's wondering where is he, and then suddenly we see his back. Uh, well, the lights pop up, and we see him from behind, magically already on the steps. He's got the cloak on, and then cut to the glass breaking. Austin heading out. And Austin gets in the ring, but Undertaker still got his back to him. Then the flames rise up, and wait just a second. That's Kane in the Undertaker's outfit. It's the uh, full Undertaker outfit, but he's got a Kane mask on. Yep. And this guy even got fake tattoos all over his arms and everything. Or yeah. real tattoos. Who, like That's what commentary is like. Is that way? Is that Undertaker with a Kane mask on? Right. Is it Kane with Undertaker's outfit on? What's happening? Who, yeah. Can you get an Undertaker outfit at Sears as well? <laughs> they don't. Can you get a two? They for only one, have bro? those at uh, Dillard's. <laughs> oh, okay. Yeah, those are Macy's. He's been there a long time. It's oh, high God. high quality stuff at Macy's. Sure. So um, yeah. So uh, anyway, we don't know who it is, but they brawl this cane cane taker under caner. I don't know what you call him. I'll call him the under caner. <laughs> okay, they, that uh, works. He and he and Austin brawl through the crowd and up to the hearse, of course. Got to brawl up straight to the hearse, and then Austin throws Kane in the uh, and slams a door, and he goes to open the front door, the driver's door, and this is the big reveal. And I think this is where you want to talk about music again. So hit us with it right here. Yeah, he slams the back of the hearse, heads to the front door, tries to open it, but the door's locked, and we see the Undertaker turn and look at Austin, give him the finger, and drive yep. away as his music plays. That's what we see on the network. We hear Undertaker's right. music dubbed over it we don't hear anything from the crowd or any announcements you can tell that the music is dubbed over because again when this happened on raw as when undertaker turns and gives that look to austin like he does just like snaps his neck over to look at austin the highway to hell cues up again that awesome guitar yeah. riff <laughs> My God! My God! 
it gives me chills just thinking about yeah. that. It's just the way that they timed it so perfectly. You can find it on YouTube. I went and looked it up because I was swearing. I thought my mind was playing tricks on me. Thought you were crazy. Maybe that didn't it. actually yeah. happen. But yes, that's what happened. And it was perfectly timed, and it was awesome. And I've been waiting forty nine weeks to get yeah. to watching that moment, and it's not on the network. It's so lame. It is lame, man. Because yeah, I thought. I was like, why is Undertaker's music playing? I, whatever, because I, I remember that as well. But um, yeah, it sucks, man, not to have that. But it it's still a cool that, thing. It, it is still cool, but it sucks that you know, people watching this nowadays, you know, there's lots of kids that go back and watch this sure. old stuff, and they're watching it for the first time. They're not going to know how <laughs> awesome that much. It's just lost forever to yeah, time. Yeah, it is. And it blows. <laughs> yeah, it does. <laughs> But storytelling-wise, really cool. You it know, is cool. It's that still confirms cool. that it was Kane in the Undertaker outfit. Undertaker's driving you know, the casket. So he's he's tearing off down the highway to hell with his brother in the back seat, I guess. And I want to mention something before Where we move headed? on. Hell. Oh, okay. Michigan. <laughs> hell, Michigan. <laughs> I guess. That's where they live. They might have moved there once since they buried their parents in Long Island. Who sure. Knows? Okay. <laughs> yeah. I don't know. If you guys aren't listening to every episode, you got to – Listen to every episode to get all this whole story, so you know where all these callbacks come from. But I want to mention something here. Again, we're not talking WCW, but we do mention them from time to time. Mention them on our last week's episode. I do want to mention though, on this so this same episode of of Raw that we just talked about and covered on the other channel over on Nitro. This is the night that the Warrior debuted mm. in WCW Interesting. on Nitro, which I have some speculation. It's not founded on anything. No, I didn't look up Meltzer or Keller or anybody talk to anybody but i have some speculation as to why the next week's episode of raw is is mind-blowing as it is i think it's a it's a response to the fact that warrior came back because if you look at the ratings um which i did this next week the, the week after warrior debuts nitro beats raw by a significant amount um but this episode of raw is is probably one of my most the most fun ones that we've watched and covered it's stacked, man. So, uh, but I think it's because Warrior debuted, and they may have pushed some things forward a little bit. So, we'll talk about that in just a second. I think there's probably some truth to that, even though I guarantee you, Eric Pritchard Bischoff would say no. and Bruce Pritchard, <laughs> and yeah, both of those guys would, would say nope. They no, they no, never no. paid attention to the other yeah. company ever uh, yeah. with any of their decisions. But uh, you know they did. So right. I think you're definitely right. And yeah, this raw. Uh, we'll try to get through it quickly, but. It, it feels like a pay-per-view itself, man. It, There's so much that happens it's, here. Yeah. Oh, it's okay. So here it is. The go-home show for SummerSlam. The very beginning, cold open again. Kane and Taker walking down the hallway out of the same door. Finally. What? After yeah. all this time. So here you go. I mean, that to me is a bombshell. We're dropping right at the beginning of the show. So then, um, <laughs> then JR blows it as Undertaker and Kane walk out together for the first time to Undertaker's music, and he says... But they, they don't edit that on the network. Right. They edit the music, right. but they won't edit JR acting a fool. Right, exactly. Uh. They don't edit the DX split or anything like that. <laughs> you know, China been to know anyway, whatever. So, but they'll edit. They won't edit that comment. So, anyway, yeah. There's a hell in a cell hanging above the ring. So again, got for all the good Russo had, he has some bad stuff where he's like, "This worked. Let's do it every week now. <laughs> Let's mm-hmm. do a hell in a cell on Raw every week." So anyway, but um. 
so Taker and Kane come to the ring. Again, this is huge, man. This is 10 months, brother versus brother feud. You know, Taker having mercy, not wanting his brother to suicide, kill himself. And now here they are. They're finally united, man. And, like, I don't know. I just feel like, to me, I think this whole episode of Raw was, was going to be saved for SummerSlam. You're going to be see that they're finally revealed to be on the same side, in collusion, in cahoots. I really feel personally that that was going to be revealed at SummerSlam. And because of the Warrior coming back to WCW and the, the ratings war, I feel like it was pushed up to here. I don't know. I could be completely wrong, but that's just my opinion. Um, but yeah, man, and the crowd is kind of mixed, though, because you don't know. You've hated Kane this whole time, right? I mean, he's despicable, and um, Vince comes out to some booze. So the crowd is mixed on Undertaker and Kane, and Vince is like, well, he comes out and says, well, finally Undertaker and Kane have come out of the casket. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, he that. says, this is the best television since President Clinton's <laughs> mea culpa long ago. After all those lies, we finally get to the truth. So Vince, yeah. got to be topical, man. Got to be political. Oh, yeah. Uh, well, yeah, not nowadays. <laughs> That's too back then. Um, he is, is gloating that he knew this all along, and now he says he wants Undertaker to decide if he is going to be friends or foe with him, with Vince McMahon. He says he's going to demand an answer from Undertaker if he's going to work along with him before the end of the night. Paul Bearer comes out looking uh, just all sad and depressed like we saw him <laughs> yeah. back at Royal Rumble 98 right before then. He wants to talk to Kane. Son, tell me it's not true. Tell me a lie. Tell me it's been a dreadful nightmare. Um, I'm your father. I've been here for you all along. You can't align with the Undertaker. <laughs> he says, "And the one son that's always loved you, something your old mother didn't even do. That sleazy whore. Oh, oh my God. Yeah. <laughs> Whoops. Yeah. Goodness. <laughs> I was like, yikes. He so. uh, begs under he begs Kane to destroy the Undertaker." Destroy him for daddy. Uh, but <laughs> Kane turns his back on Paul yeah. Bearer and allows uh, allows Undertaker to pummel Paul Bearer. Which Man, gets a huge pop. The crowd loves it with Paul Bearer to beat up. Uh, every time. I'm you. Every time. <laughs> every, without fail. It never gets old to me. Beat up Paul Bearer. No, me neither. I love it. Mankind runs out and the Brothers of Destruction beat him up, give him a spike tombstone, Ooh, which is yeah. pretty brutal. Austin tries to run out, but flames rise up in the middle of the ramp, and JR can't help himself. Man, he says, they're trying to barbecue Austin. <laughs> yeah, got to get down. his barbecue plugs in there. Calm <laughs> yeah. down, Jim. Simmer down, JR. So, yeah, this wall of fire shoots up, and he almost lights up Austin's boot, honestly, man. They got to be careful with this pyro back then, man. Yeah. Light and take his face on fire. Gangrel's now debut. He's coming out through fire. Austin's boots are about to light on fire. There's a lot of fire here. But, um, man, this is such a huge revelation like and it to me it definitely muddied the waters of face heel dynamic here because it's like the crowd and as we see when we get to the actual match we're covering here we'll see the crowd is still love taker but they're kind of split i mean on how they feel about him so i don't know but the crowd loves seeing their brothers smash things and but austin's just the biggest face in the in the company at this point so he's no one's ever going to usurp him but it's really cool just to see the dynamic change and like i said man this is a bombshell dropped like you know i keep talking about Loki and Thor, and this is like when Loki and Thor team up, you know, like in Avengers, so good stuff. Austin threatens Undertaker and Kane, says, he basically says he's going to take one of them out tonight uh, yeah. before the night's over. So fast forward, we got one of my favorite moments 
ever on Raw as <laughs> Mankind, who was taken out on a stretcher after that tombstone, breaks out of the ambulance and rides his stretcher down to the ring, like <laughs> Titus O'Neil's himself yeah. under the ring right there. It's hilarious. Uh, and basically, he, he cuts a great promo challenging Kane to step into the Hell in a Cell with him. Right then and there, he's got uh, 7,000 thumbtacks. He's got to turn Kane into the world's largest pincushion. Says he doesn't care if he gets his butt kicked because it won't be the first time that's happened in Philadelphia. A little nod to ECW. And uh, says, Kane, I'll see you in hell. Yeah. So, so he's getting – yeah. Go ahead. So he's getting face pops here too. Man, like yeah. He's supposed to be a heel, but he's getting face pops here. They're in Philadelphia. He's playing to that mark, you know, ECW crowd. He's – Riding, how can you not cheer a guy who rides a stretcher down and disappears out of the ring for a second? Like, <laughs> hey, you gotta cheer. So it's just all this is so much gray, you know, so much, so many shades of gray here with all these top guys. So, so here's another Hell to Sell match on free TV, unadvertised again. again. Warrior just debuted last week, so I really think this has something to do with it um, on WWS response. So, uh, Mankind comes out and he tries to climb the outside of the cell. Uh, and he's uh, does he make it up there? I can't remember if he makes. No, it. No, he doesn't make uh, it up there. The referees keep pulling him down. That's right. Yeah. Then uh, Kane and Undertaker come out, and um, mankind tries to throw a chair to the top of the cage, but can't can't get, quite get it up yeah. there. Keeps bouncing down, almost hits King in the face as it comes yeah. down. Uh, and then Undertaker yanks mankind off the cage as he's trying to climb it through a table man god dude another ugly Again, bump another table bump yeah. yeah he just had one the night before on heat which was i guess taped last week but still table bump uh, two weeks in a row plus all the hell in the cell stuff from king of the ring it's just unnecessary you know unnecessary but uh finally kane and and uh mankind get in the ring and kane starts attacking him with the steel steps and Hits a tope over the top rope to the outside. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Smashes mankind into the cage, man. That, that's yeah. the ugliest bump he took during all this. But, yeah, uh, I know. They get in the ring. Mankind gets the thumbtacks out, flips Kane into the thumbtacks, his butt at least. Yeah. <laughs> Wedgie about, pile driver, then he flips into the thumbtacks. Yeah. It's about 30 thumbtacks in his butt. <laughs> uh, yeah. They trade some more just brutal chair shots, dude, right mm. in the head. Uh, Kane just annihilates mankind with some of these gives him a tombstone on the chair uh and then finally austin after all this time finally pops out from under the ring while kane and mankind are locked in the cage and uh stomps a mud hole in kane undertaker's trapped on the outside trying to yeah, get it's in locked yeah and he ends up climbing to the top of the cage and kicking through the uh roof of it <laughs> yeah Doing his, I guess what was supposed to have happened the, mm. when him and Mick Foley, mm -hmm. the cage was give was a little bit, yeah, you, you actually see his leg hanging through there. So his leg's hanging through, and Austin smashes Kane with a chair and hits a stunner, and then you see the cell start raising up to the top of the arena, and the camera cuts to Vincent Mann. He's over there pushing the button, uh, raising it up. So it's not that jabroni who was there a couple weeks ago on the cell right. doing it, but it's uh, Vince here uh, doing it and uh he's quote-unquote protect protecting his investment for SummerSlam. they say on commentary so um i think another stunner is given to kane and takers on the cell as it's rising up to the arena and so he's just he's he can't help out here you know taker can't and this is midway through this yep. episode of rod there's still more to come they threw all this in there and thought no we still don't have enough to sell people on this yep. pay-per-view yet because 
we come back from commercial and another first here Kane is bleeding. Somehow Kane has done a blade job and is bleeding from these chairs. We see the blood running down his mask yeah. and on his hands and stuff. So I don't know if that was a hard way or a blade job. I, I think it was a hard way, honestly. Those shots uh, are brutal. I don't know. I don't know. I don't know. Uh, it could have been, but uh, I think Who they blades were just trying on the to sell head? that. Yeah, that's true. Know. That's true. We'll never know. But Austin calls, uh, excuse me, Undertaker is livid about this. He calls Austin a coward for jumping Kane from behind and says uh, tonight he's going to make Austin come face-to-face -face with his destiny. It's not about SummerSlam tonight. Tonight it's personal because he made his brother bleed, which, you know, <laughs> everyone gives that match at King of the Ring a lot of crap, saying how you do a first blood match with a guy who's completely covered up. Right. But apparently you can. Here you <laughs> go. Blood yeah. right here. Exactly. So or you can, like, smash his hand. You could. Or yeah, something. Cut yeah. his hand. Uh, yeah. So talk about what happens uh, in the main event segment. Okay, yeah. So, again, Vince, remember at the beginning of the show, still Vince said he wants you know if he's friend or foe of Taker. So near the end here, we got the Druids coming down. I mean, these Druids are – these are the worst Druids we've had <laughs> in 49 episodes. Uh, I'm pretty Druids, sure one of them is our listener and my friend Billy – uh, Billy the Nightmare's dad. <laughs> <He's> like, <laughs> Probably. His mask doesn't even fit. Like, you see his face. His cloak yeah. isn't even on. His bald dude with glasses. Yeah, <laughs> it's awful. But they come out in a double wide, double deep casket. I mean, this thing is thick, man. Like, it's, yeah, it's big. Got the ominous Latin chanting music coming on. It takes Ta forever. Dude. Yeah, it, it takes, so takes like long. 10 minutes. And then Taker comes out and cuts a promo about taking the title from Austin this Sunday. He's not going to attack from behind. Uh, Kane has his own agenda at SummerSlam, so don't worry about him. Vince comes out to interrupt, says, you know, my friend or foe, and Taker offers his hand as a handshake. The crowd's, like, booing. Uh, Vince is smiling like an idiot. He goes to shake the hand, and, of course, he eats a choke slam. Like, uh, never, you know, it's all trust a dead man here. And uh, at this point, Austin pops out of the casket. And he like a you know pop goes the Austin. He comes out of the, comes out of the casket, gets in there, facing off with Taker, and then Kane pops out of the casket as well. Yeah. How did Austin not know Kane was in there with him? <laughs> <laughs> Were there bunk? Are they bunk caskets? And then <laughs> I don't know. So Kane pops out as well and attacks Austin from behind as Taker kind of watches. Um, Austin grabs a chair and heads up the ramp, and as he goes up the rampway. Uh, the ramp lights up in a flame down the middle, I guess, like the dotted lines on the highway. And you got this highway to hell ah, um, nice. lighting up toward toward the rampway. So, again, double deep, double wide casket with bunk, bunk, bunk room, I guess, in there. I don't know. But, man, this is how you book a go-home show. Oh, absolutely. This is incredible. If you weren't sold already at the beginning of the show and you weren't sold by the Hell in a Cell halfway through the show, You've got to be sold here. And I was, like, man. I, yeah. I ordered this one. I didn't order all the pay-per-views because I was 12 and didn't have any money. So I had to beg <laughs> yeah. every time. It had to be a really good one I really wanted to see. And this was it, man. I begged to let my parents order this one and, and watch it live. Because also, we, we just had the we had that pay-per-view box that you had to get. And that would yeah. we could only do that in our living room. So that meant I had to kick my parents out of the living room for the night Ooh. to watch. So I had to... they. I had to really took pick, a lot of pick my battles yeah, yeah, exactly. to be able to watch a pay-per-view. And this was <laughs> one I wanted to. Like I said, dude, this the build-up's amazing. It felt important. It felt really cool. Um, it was it, The poster was awesome. The commercials with the Highway to Hell 
were amazing. And I think that's what's been in my head that I've been remembering this whole time is this build, <laughs> those commercials, that feel for this show, and why I've always thought that this was just an awesome matchup. Because going back and watching it, it was not quite what I remembered. Yeah, well, we have a little bit of info, too, nowadays as to kind of what happened. You know, Austin yeah. has revealed kind of what happened. We'll talk about that as we get to the actual – that part in the match. But, um, yeah, man, it's – I do love this show, though. A lot happens on it. You know, you got I, – I love the the, the um, ladder match. I love this ladder match. match. Yeah. Th- that is what – these two guys became main inventors that night to me. What's it about a ladder match that makes guys stars? Like the Hardys and the and True. Edge and Christian and then Sean and Sean Razor. Razor. Yeah, they were yeah. – you know, and this match with these guys, I remember, you know, Jarrett getting his head shaved. I love that. I love the opener with Venus and D'Lo for some reason. I love that match when I was a kid, you know. I love the great. set, uh, uh, the Madison Square yes. Garden when they used to have that short entryway and they used to do stuff with the doors in there for all these pay-per-views. Yeah. And this one in particular where it looks like the gates to hell coming out yeah. there. Man, I, I just, uh, that's my favorite of all time. Yeah. The Madison so, Square yeah. Garden entryway. Which, just a little sidebar here, now MSG will be infiltrated in uh, April of next year, How right? How about that, man? <laughs> How about it? <laughs> so, it's yeah. wild. It's, it blows my mind. So, anyway, uh, this is SummerSlam, uh, August 30th, 98. As we said, we got King and JR on commentary. Thank God. These guys are just incredible together. Um, again, they are. I think you and I both appreciate them more in our 30s than we did in our teens. So, oh, no doubt. Um, um, they're awesome and just two quick things I want to touch on just to wrap up we've talked about Mankind and Kane so much uh, they face New Age Outlaws on the yeah. show but Kane doesn't show up yep. uh, so the Outlaws defeat Mankind in a handicap match for the tag titles uh, that's another good match that I enjoy it is um, but they toss Mankind in a dumpster after the match and Kane apparently he's gotten good at hiding in these uh, little <laughs> boxes <laughs> He pops out of the dumpster and uh, allegedly smashes Mankind's head with a sledgehammer. So officially right. ending their partnership and alliance right there. So just wrapping up that story. Real yeah. Quick. And then um, tell us about that cool little thing. It, it applies to Taker. The cool little Easter egg that's here on the network version. Yeah, just something small. Uh, if you're watching yeah. live there on the network, we get some exclusive home video footage. It says there at the bottom of the screen. So I guess this was on the... Coliseum video release, uh, right? Like you mentioned that awesome ladder match between Rock and Triple H. Right after it, they show some footage that wasn't on the pay per view of Rock walking backstage after the match, and they show him walk all the way to the trainer's room, so through Gorilla and all this stuff. And you actually see all the agents running around, including Bruce Pritchard. And Pritchard, yeah. They're all screaming, Where's Taker? We, we need Taker. T- take yeah. his entrance. Time. Uh, yeah. So that's just a little funny, a little Easter egg. Yeah, it's just funny. On the network. Thing. Yeah. It is funny there. So, again, Taker has allegedly told us that Kane will not be involved in his match tonight. He's got his own agenda. So, cool little pro, cool little video uh, opens the show. But here we are at the main event. Taker comes out first. Again, he's walking with purpose. He's not as slow as he used to be. Um, he's got the cloak with the high collar on it. And JR, again, reminds us that he's Undertaker's defeated Hogan and Psycho Sid for the WWF title before. Here's another chance for him to do it. Um, and, again, I think this music is more what we're accustomed yeah. to at this yeah, yeah this is where it's kind of tweaked from last month it's got all the bells and whistles it needs now and this is kind of what we're used to of this era of the undertaker so now we're up to speed austin walks out man did you uh, jr says this is the loudest ovation he's ever heard and I, 
it didn't sound like that to me, man. Maybe something didn't translate to me. It, it kind of sounded a little subdued for Austin as he came out. It was, uh, I don't know. And you know what? Uh, I'm glad you said that because that's kind of my point was like, you know, Taker's still a huge face here. But like, he's kind of a gray area. Um, but I think the crowd was kind of split. They love Austin, but they love Taker too just because of his legacy. Um, so I, I think that's why his Austin's uh, pop wasn't as, you know, JR puts it over like it's the greatest thing since, you know, sliced bread. But, um, you know, it's it's not. I mean, it wasn't as big as I've, we're yeah. used to seeing. So, yeah. anyway. Um, the match starts off, as you'd, as you'd imagine, you know, aggressively. You got punches in the corner. Uh, Austin's in control. Then Taker's flurry punching in the corner. And clothesline by Taker. And he goes immediately for a pin, which I, it, I think is cool because it shows he wants to win it, you know. He's here for the title this time. Exactly. Yeah, yeah he it goes makes immediately sense here. For, Immediately for a pin, gets a two count off a clothesline. So that's cool. You know, some people think I'm stupid, but like, no, like he shows how determined he is to win it. Austin's determined too. They kind of trade off working the arm for a little bit, and Austin gets yeah. a quick little roll up, and then it, uh, Stone Cold Steve Austin hits a drop toe hold and a wrist lock. <laughs> yes, <laughs> back to the stunning Steve days. <laughs> Very funny. Uh, but then again, as we've seen in some of these uh, iconic matches. Something very early on in the match changes the course of it very early on, just like we saw with Taker and Shawn Michaels. Shawn Michaels' big ugly bump happened very early on. Mankind getting tossed off the cage happened in the first minute or so. And in this match, something happens here in the first couple minutes that changes the direction of the entire match. It sure you, does, man. As you hear my dogs walking around, making there their appearance for the show. <laughs> Running. Or, yeah, trot in. Uh, anyway, yeah, so again, Austin's working the arm here and Taker's selling for him and Taker shoots Austin off the ropes, and he ducks his head down, like to throw him over his back. And Austin kicks him, and as Taker lifts his head up, his head connects with the bottom of, of uh, Austin's chin. And Undertaker, I mean, excuse me, Austin falls over. And Austin's told this story so many times on his podcast that he was legitimately knocked out right then. He falls on the ground. He kind of comes to really pretty – he said it felt like a long time to him, but he comes to pretty quickly, and he – uh, Earl Hebner leans down. He's like, you all right, boy? And he's like, where am I? He is, yeah, to garden, boy. So <laughs> he had to tell Austin he's at the garden. So uh, I think that's pretty cool. But um, somehow they get right up out of that and go into a suplex and elbows from Taker. So I don't know if Taker didn't get the message that he was knocked out or what. But, like, you can definitely see the pace change right after that. Oh, I don't think Austin recovers this entire match, man. No. He is – he is out of it. Uh, and going back and looking at it, it's it's pretty clear. Yeah, you can see where he gets knocked out. And, I mean, <laughs> I compared it to, like, when you would have a match with your wrestling buddy, like your little <laughs> stuffed animal, and yeah. you would have to pick them up and do the moves and, and make them do moves to you. That's You can watch that happen in some of this stuff. Undertaker. Especially towards the finish here. Yeah, literally carrying Austin along and getting this match out of him here. Yeah. But, yeah, that well, he, he keeps going right at it um, and pulls that Taker suplex. actually uses a, a stun gun. He uses <laughs> yeah. Austin's old finisher, WCW, on him, <laughs> which I thought was kind of cool. So, And uh, he's he's kind of gives Austin some breathing room here, trying yeah. to give Austin a chance to shake it off, to get back into it. But uh, it's clear that he is just not himself here during this match. No, yeah, not at all. You're right, man. And um, Taker starts working over his back, I think, just to give him room to breathe, like you said. And 
Austin powders out and trips Taker and starts wrapping his leg around the ring post and working on his leg. And um, they're back in the ring, and Taker hits a dive and run and clothesline, which gets a pretty big pop from, from the garden crowd. Um, they're always a good crowd to be in front of. Uh, yeah, and they, then he start a, uh, they start a 316 chant yeah, in this match. I, like that. I don't think I've ever <laughs> yeah. heard that. Me neither. That it was cool. cool. So um, he starts choking Austin on the mat, and JR makes his comment. He goes, you know, he could palm a basketball. Heck, I think he could even palm an anvil. <laughs> I didn't know. He's <laughs> talking about Neidhart or like, a, or like an or like an Acme anvil, like Coyote, or was he talking? I, th- I, I hope he's talking about palming Neidhart. <laughs> Could he pick up Jim Neidhart by the head? Something uh, weird. Yeah. Uh, <laughs> never mind. Uh, at this it. point, Kane, Kane makes his way into the arena. Uh, so and the crowd gets a little all anxious over that. But Undertaker yeah. actually takes a break and tells Kane to head to the back, uh, which is what he has said before. He wants to do this one on his own. Uh, so Kane is... Kind of frustrated about it, but he listens to his brother, and he, he heads to the back. Uh, and at, at this point, Taker invites Austin to fight him again, and they start slugging it out. Uh, and what Austin keeps doing here, he keeps going back to working the leg of The Undertaker. Yeah. That's kind of the story he's telling here. Kind of similar to their first match uh, a little bit, yeah. actually, uh, as Austin's trying to chop Undertaker down. Yeah, and one of the things that Taker hits here is that he hits a running choke slam from the apron into the middle of the ring. Austin's on the apron, he grabs him by the throat, picks him up, and then like runs with him and chokes him. Huge, huge. It's, it's awesome. Yes. Um, so yeah, like you said, I, I just wrote down my notes that Taker has wobbly knees. You know, uh, he's he, he gets uh, clothes on over the top, but you always keep, you always call it the perfect ten landing. I give it an eight point five. You know, he's he lands with his knees are buckling at this point. Um, well, that's another now, thing too. Is that Undertaker's not a hundred percent in this match? Either. Right. That, that's another it's, thing that we I didn't know uh, until later years. Is that he's right. still nursing uh, the ankle injury it's, and some other nagging injuries too. He's yeah. not himself at this point in time either. Yeah, exactly. So it, it makes it makes sense when you watch it. You know, at this point in our lives. But um, they go out around the outside, and here's the Attitude Era staple. They're battling through the arena through the audience here and they just disappear. Like they, they don't have a good camera shot of it, but you do see, um, take your backdrop Austin on the floor, which that sounds like a bad idea. If you've been knocked out, like, <laughs> yeah, a little bit. <laughs> it just sounds like a bad idea. Um, uh, then they get back in the ring and, um, Austin attempts a stunner. Um, but Taker flips out over the top rope, which I thought was a cool way to evade that. Was. That, so. that looked really cool. <laughs> yeah, it was really neat. And um, then he catches Austin and slams him spine first to the ring post. And I just wrote that Austin looks out of it at this point, man. Like, he just looks – he's got Krispy Kreme eyes, man. They're they just gl- glazed over. They're, they're wrestling at half speed. And they're yeah. just ca- kind of going through these motions. But Undertaker's trying to keep it going. Uh, although he, he gets Austin in the ring and hits the laziest-looking stomps in the corner I've ever seen, man. He's <laughs> yeah. tapping him. With his foot, I think he's just trying to figure out what to do next. Yeah. Uh, trying to figure out how to keep this thing going. Uh, it feels like they probably could have gone home, but they were like, "Ah, oh, it's too early, man. We got, yeah, we've got to fill up ten more minutes of time." And Austin doesn't know where he's at. I'm hurt. Uh, what <laughs> I, What are we supposed to do? Yeah. Well, luckily he has a bright idea to go over there and get the Spanish announce table ready for deletion. So he's ready to delete the Spanish announce table takes all the things off of it, you know, and uh, puts Austin 
on the Spanish announce table. As JR says, I've never seen Austin take a beating like this, which is probably true. Yeah. He, he's pretty much with it. every. I mean, you don't count the Owen Hartman. That wasn't really a beating. He just got dropped on his neck. But anyway, um, so Austin's laying on the Spanish announce table and table, excuse me, and Taker goes up to the top rope. And I love this. I love this. Even though it doesn't go the way it's supposed to, I love this. Taker jumps off with a huge leg drop onto Austin on the table. Of course, the table does not break. So <laughs> what's that on Botch and Mania? I would say I, I am the table. <laughs> yeah, I mean, it breaks. It just doesn't break in half quite. It kind of right. falls over. And, but, dude, Undertaker, if you watch it, he, he lands tailbone first on one oh, of the monitors, man. The, I know. Lose the monitor. Oh, that had to hurt. Oh, remind me when Orton did that at WrestleMania 30. Remember? He landed on yes, the monitor. Yes. Oh. I, that came to my mom when I watched Taker do this. He just butt first on the monitor. So, but it, it but the, is his, really cool looking, though. Yeah, it's iconic. Yeah. Uh, one of his coolest looking dives ever. And just, again, the big man. His ability and his agility to do that are just absolutely uncanny. Nobody does it like him. So, um, speeding things up here, we roll back in the ring. Stinger splash misses, punches back and forth. They do the double clothesline for the double down spot, probably just so they can both breathe because they're both just out of oh, it at this Austin, point. Oh, like, Austin, he looks drunk on his feet, man, and not yeah. <laughs> not in the typical Austin drunk way. Right, right, <laughs> right. Um, he, he, he is able to hit a Thez press to a big reaction, yeah. followed by an elbow, and then Austin – gives Undertaker the ugliest looking <laughs> stunner, like worse than Linda McMahon taking the stunner. <laughs> <laughs> it's awful. That's bad. And the announcers, That's... they're like, oh, he didn't get all that one. <laughs> bowling, is bowling too ugly? Yeah. One. Oh, man, uh, it's so, bad. I so. think that might have been supposed to be the finish. I'm not sure, but Undertaker is like, nope. <laughs> nope. Taking out of that one. <laughs> He's not yeah. beating me like that. <laughs> yeah, he kicks out at two. And, uh, yeah, it's uh, – thank God because that would have been awful. But um, kicks out at two, and I think that at this point they're just making stuff up because uh, um, Austin reverses out of a tombstone, I believe, and uh, attempts a stunner. And um, He just kind of stands ta- there. He does, he, yeah. He grabs, un- he grabs uh, Taker's leg and, and just, like, doesn't know what to do. So this is where yeah. Undertaker just kind of, like, picks him up and, and – <laughs> Tosses him, uh, crotches him on the rope, man. Just yeah, which straight is just picks him up. Very weird spot here at the end of the match. And then Taker hits my new favorite Russian leg sweep. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> does a sit up, goes old school, and it's, as Austin actually low blows him, hits him right in the in the bag here as, as he comes off and uh, nails a stunner. And Austin gets the win at 20 minutes and 50 seconds. So they probably could have shaved that match in half if they needed to. Well, you know, I will say, knowing what we know, Undertaker pulled a, a, a decent story sure. and match out of a concussed Austin here. Who, who You can see him at, when the match is over. Austin can't even get up on the ropes to pose. He right. like keeps slipping on the ropes when he's trying to do his poses in the corner. It's a dude who's not there, but somehow Undertaker dragged this match out of him. And it is not, is not the match that I remembered. Uh, it is not... A great match by any means, but the story is actually pretty good. I uh, love that, yeah. Considering, you know, Undertaker is so dominant, he's such a dominant force, and this is the weakest we've ever seen, Stone Cold Steve Austin. Uh, he's worn down by Undertaker, and that's a pretty good story. Uh, and it is. even though it's really sloppy, uh, it, it 
they're able to make sense out of it and give a compelling story despite all the injuries and obstacles that they had to deal with here. Oh yeah, absolutely. And, and at the end here, you know, after, um, Taker loses, he, he grabs the belt and he kind of stares down Austin and he get, he hands it over to, to see Boston and the crowd pops for that. And, um, Jr. puts over how, you know, that was a, how big of a class act that was, you know, Undertaker still has some class and he, he showed he was a man of his word. Kane never got involved. He told him to go away. Um, so still, again, Taker's like a face still here, but I, it's so confusing, <laughs> you know, it's kind of confusing because then a, after this, Taker walks away up the hallway and Kane comes out and they both stand side by side and just kind of stare down Austin as he slips on and off the, <laughs> the uh, ropes <laughs> as he poses for the Madison Square Garden crowd. So yeah, he, he didn't look good. He looked no. like when, uh, at the end of Brock and Angle at WrestleMania 19, mm. when Brock was out of it too. Yeah. So. Very similar, very similar. Yeah, uh, but that's gonna do it right there for SummerSlam 1998. Uh, they don't have this on the network, but I do remember specifically they had a post-game show on the Home Shopping Network after this that they used to do after the big pay-per-views where they would sell you all the exclusive merch. But uh, I remember, and I think it's still on my VHS copy of this tape. I recorded <laughs> that and had some interviews with uh, guys on there um, and. <laughs> That used to be how I'd find out pay-per-view results a lot of the time, is watching the Home Shopping Network after the pay-per-view. Wow. Isn't that crazy? Uh, funny how times change. It is, man. Um, but times are going to change on to September of 98 from next week's episode as we talk Ooh. about Breakdown in Your House. I'm super excited about this one. I have some, have some personal stories about this one. Okay, cool. Uh, anyway, triple Threat, yeah. Undertaker Kane, and Stone Cold Steve Austin. Our first Triple Threat pay-per-view, right? Yeah. yeah. We've had Fatal 4-Ways. We've had World Rumbles. We've had Tag Matches. We've had Survivor Series. Yep, first Triple Threat here. Triple Threat here. Uh, we'll be talking about that next week, so we want to hear your thoughts on that. We want to hear your memories of SummerSlam 98 or the Highway to Hell. Hit us up on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram at Talking Taker, or you can reach out to me at Alex Dorio as well. You can support the show by picking up a Talking Taker t-shirt over on tpublic.com, or you can always subscribe to the podcast wherever you listen to podcasts on. Give us a five-star rating, leave a comment, let us know what you think, and recommend it to your friends. That's the absolute biggest help you can do to help this little thing grow as we come back for episode number 50 next week. Just a couple other quick notes out there for you creatures of the night. Number one is, I can't believe this, our very own Twitterless Travis is on the latest episode of Castrating the Marks. That's Vince Russo's podcast on his premium realm network. On the July 19th episode, Travis got to be a guest for about 10 minutes on there and speak to the man behind all of this madness that we've been talking about lately, Vince Russo. How cool is that? Travis is on there for a little bit, even gets to ask Vince a couple questions about some of the uh, lingering questions that we've had about some of this Undertaker stuff we've been covering. So it's fun appearance on there if you're a subscriber then definitely go check that out. If not, you can just go to realmnetwork.com. That's R-E-L-M network.com. You can subscribe for just $3.95 to Vince Russo's brand. You can follow at the Vince Russo on Twitter as well. Shout him out. Let him know you need to bring the Talk and Taker guys back on the show. Give him a shout out. Let him know you enjoyed Travis's appearance on there. Man, that is so cool. Another cool thing I got to shout out. 
is to our newest Instagram subscriber, the big guy himself, Ryback. Yeah, who knew? Ryback, apparently a fan of the show. I don't know, but he <laughs> he followed us on Instagram, so there you go. Uh, now we just got to get The Undertaker to follow us on Instagram. First the big guy, next the dead man. That's our new goal right here. Uh, maybe we'll figure out a plan on next week's episode number 50. Whew. Episode 50. It's a big deal. We'll have to do something special for that one. Or do you do something special for 52 this year? I don't know. Anyway, we'll figure it out. They're all special. They're all special to me and you. Yeah. So anyway, speaking of special, you guys are special. We love it. If you were there at MSG this night, um, please let us know. Um, did you know that Austin was knocked out? So what were your experiences like? And uh, other than that, ladies and gentlemen, take her easy. Well, finally, Undertaker and Kane have come out of the casket. <laughs> out of the casket! This is the best television since President Clinton's mea culpa about a week ago. After all those lies, finally, we get to the truth. And the truth is, ladies and gentlemen, I told you so. He did, JR. He was right all along. Let me repeat that. The truth is, I told you so.